This podcast is brought to you by Uconnect, the creator of the first all-in-one virtual career center. Scale your impact and engage more students with a platform that puts all of your career resources in one place. Hey friends, welcome back to the Career Everywhere podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Metzger, and this week I'm excited to welcome Emily McCarthy, the Senior Director of Career Development at the University of Arizona. In this episode, I talk with Emily about how Arizona's career team supports their alumni and how they partner with the alumni office. Emily talks about the services they offer alumni, what that partnership with the alumni office looks like, and how both teams partnered to cost share the Uconnect platform to scale their support for students and alumni. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for being here, Emily. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Meredith. Yeah, I'm really glad to have you. And I'm excited to talk with you today about how your team is supporting alumni there at the University of Arizona, and then also how you all partner with the alumni office. I think with the ROI of higher ed continuing to face this really intense scrutiny, alumni career support is going to become even more and more relevant for a lot of schools. So I am just thrilled to have you on the pod today, and I'm excited for this conversation. Before I get into my questions, Emily, is there anything else you'd like to add about yourself, your background, or your role there at the University of Arizona? Sure. Yeah, my name is Emily McCarthy. As Meredith mentioned, I'm the Senior Director for Career Development here at the University of Arizona, coming to you from Tucson, Arizona, where it's 105 degrees right now. So I'm in my (laughs) summer wear. Could not fathom wearing a jacket today. I've been leading career development teams in the state of Arizona for the past 10 years, three years here at the University of Arizona, and then previously at Northern Arizona University. Okay. Very cool. And I hope you're, speaking of cool, I hope you're all able to stay cool down there. We appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, Emily, before I get into the more specific questions, I want to kick us off with a question I've been asking all of our guests, and that is, what does career everywhere mean to you? Yeah. You know, I think it's a concept that was starting to emerge when I entered the field. Um, And it's one that I feel really strongly about. No career development office, any university, regardless of size, regardless of location, regardless of funding, has the capacity to serve every student at any moment that that student might need to be served. I think the larger the institution, the ratios tend to get very large in terms of how many of us there are to serve our students. Um, But that's okay, because we shouldn't be the only ones talking to students about career. So really two aspects of career everywhere to me. One is that the career development office should not be the keeper of the keys and the holder of all the knowledge. Um, We need to be thought leaders. We need to be educating our peers across the institution about what career means, what current best practices are, what current industry practices are. And I feel like we've had three or four different job markets in the last three or four years. So it (laughs) You know, it takes a lot to stay on top of that, but we need to be educating our our partners across the institution, but we shouldn't be the only ones sharing that information with students. A lot of students might never walk into a career development office for a variety of reasons. So we want them to hear that same message from their faculty, from their academic advisors, and from staff across the institution. And I think that message resonates more, even if you hear it multiple times, I think that just reinforces the message and it resonates more when it comes from a lot of different voices. In addition, and I think this idea is starting to emerge more, and this is one of the reasons we wanted to partner with Uconnect, it also speaks to availability of career resources 24-7. We live in a very self-service-oriented world, 
we know that not everyone's schedule is the same schedule and a lot of students can't or do not want to visit us during our open office hours because they're in class or they're working or often all of the above. So we want to have resources available to them. I have joked for many years now that think, you know, at 2 a.m., students just might have a career conversation, might have a career question rather, and want to learn a little bit more about a topic. Honestly, I don't know how often that takes place. Like in my dream world, that takes place all the time. (laughs) But if and when that does take place, we want them to have a place to go and we want to have that self-service information out there for students. And then if a student does come to see us in person, they've also had that baseline information they've had exposure to. So hopefully they can study that prior to to seeing us and we're kind of updating our materials to encourage that prior to student appointments. So that's a little bit about what it means to me. Okay. So it's about kind of facilitating that ecosystem across the entire university as opposed to just within the walls of the Career Center. Yeah, absolutely. And like a lot of universities, we are not just one campus. Uh, We have a lot of online students. We have students all over the world, really. We have students elsewhere in Arizona. We have a fairly large, I guess, in comparison to historical basis, not large compared to our campus here, but we do have a fairly large presence in, in Phoenix, which is about two hours to our north. So yeah, it's less about walls and more about knowledge. I love that. There's the golden quote right there. Thank you. <laughs> I am curious, how many students does the University of Arizona have? Yeah, we have a little bit over 51,000. That might go up again a little bit for this upcoming academic year. That's the statistic for our fall of 2022 incoming class, about 11,000 of those, slightly under 11,000 are graduate students. So about 40,000 undergraduates, which is a lot. We also have a high percentage of first-generation students and we are a Hispanic serving institution. um, So about 29% of our students do identify as Hispanic or Latinx. Okay, cool. That's good context. I'm curious, how large is your team? Oh, goodness. (laughs) So we have kind of a Not large enough. We have a really interesting model here, which is probably, you know, better for another podcast at another time, but we're actually called student engagement and career development. And as career development professionals, we always tell students the best thing that they can do with their career is engage. And one of the really great things about the way that our team is structured here at the University of Arizona is we house a lot of those engagement opportunities within our department, everything from a leadership program that can go up to all four years of the student's experience and result in a leadership academic minor. We offer micro-internships grounded in design thinking. We consult with faculty to offer courses and include community engagement projects. We have a research team that counsels students as they prepare to take on undergraduate research opportunities. All of that's on sort of the student engagement. I hate to say side because we're really not sides, but not necessarily within my purview And then I oversee kind of the traditional career development portfolio, employer and alumni engagement, career education, internships is something that's really shared across the department because those are are so critical and they're both an engagement experience and a career development experience. And then I also have one individual focused on functional skills development. And then I, I oversee Handshake and our career related technologies as well. So I think across all of that, and then we have operations individuals, marketing, technology, administrative operations. So I think across all of those things, it's 28 people, which seems large, but my career education team is 
three people and a graduate assistant when fully staffed. So fairly lean for okay. the of our side. Yeah, pretty high student to uh, advisor ratio. Absolutely. Sounds like. And we do as a, um, you know, we're R1, we're very decentralized. So there, you know, there's a pretty robust career development function in our business school, the Eller College of Management. And then we have a couple embedded career development individuals from professionals in some of the other colleges as well. So we do have some support out there, but it, it is still a lean team. Yeah. And not only are you supporting your undergrads and grad students, you're also supporting alumni, which I think is kind of a good segue into our topic today. So I know you all do a lot of work with your alumni there. So to set the stage, can you just give me an overview of what your team is doing to support alumni there at the University of Arizona? Yeah. So we directly support our recent alumni. So a year or less of graduation from graduation through our career coaching services and our resume Dropbox. Handshake is something that's available to all alumni for the duration of their career. We also offer all alumni back to attend career fairs through the duration of their career. Um, And then our Uconnect site, which we'll delve into today, is designed really to serve students or alumni. There is a career development director in our alumni association. We partner very closely with her and have, I think that role's been in existence for maybe, it's been a while, maybe five to seven years, maybe more. And there's always been a really tight relationship between our office and that particular individual. And in terms of career coaching support, while we only work with those recent alumni, the Alumni Association has a robust list of career coaches who will work, who are alumni as well, and will work with our alumni Another thing that we have is the Bear Down Network that is powered by Graduate, um, which some may have heard of, and that's a way for alumni to connect with each other or connect with current students around mentoring and career opportunities. Oh, and I guess one thing to add, for our recent alumni who are graduating without a job, uh, we want to make sure that they are provided with some additional intensive support so they get a series of emails over the course of four or five weeks after they indicate that they're still looking for employment pointing them to some of our um, more intensive resources, our career coaching, and then some of our other online resources as well. Okay. I wanted to clarify. So the career development side in the alumni office, are they also supporting, I assume they're supporting alumni beyond like the one year out mark? Yes. Well, they support forever, but it is through this network of career coaches who are also alumni. And then they do things like advertise jobs that employers are looking to hire alumni and things like that as well. But yeah, that support lasts indefinitely. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. Like what a great value to offer, especially with these days when competition between universities can be pretty tight. Yeah. And we know that alumni who feel supported in their career are going to be more engaged. And that could mean a lot of different things. That could mean volunteering with the university. That could mean coaching, mentoring a student. When the alumni is in a good place with their career, we love to see them give back and do informational interviews with students. We're in the process of reviving our job shadow program. Um, So taking those informational interviews from a quick conversation to up to a day-long experience. And we know that alumni are also more likely to financially give back when they feel supported. So it's definitely something that's one of our values here. Okay. Yeah. Kind of on that note, can you just tell me a little bit more about, I guess, kind of why you support alumni so thoroughly and then what your vision is for alumni career support. Yeah, you know, and it that so much of that falls under the purview of the alumni office, you know, and they ultimately hold the vision. But my vision really is for that seamless transition 
and that a student feels supported throughout their whole, you know, life cycle really with the university from starting on their, you know, we always say, start thinking about career on day one, even if that just means getting involved. So from that day one through down the road, you know, we want students to feel connected and supported in terms of career and what that looks like changes as well. You know, and again, while that coaching and support is always available for our alumni, we're also really hoping that they'll give back in terms of the supporting the career development of our current students, you know, through mentorship opportunities, through job shadow opportunities, offering to have informational interviews. A lot of our attendees at our career fairs are alumni, and sometimes they also happen to be recruiters, and sometimes they're not. They may be in more of a programmatic role, but they just want to come along and give back and hire students from our institution into their company, which is always really fun to watch. Handshake, again, is available for the duration of the alumni's career. We also know that not every alumni wants to actively go back into Handshake on a regular basis. And we implemented Handshake here in 2017. So if the alumni predates that time, they might not even necessarily know what Handshake is. So we also have a system set up to promote jobs geared towards alumni that are in Handshake through our Bear Down Network, powered by Graduate, so that alumni can see those more directly as well. Okay. So let's say a recent alum is wanting to do a career pivot, or maybe they're having trouble finding a job. What happens when they reach out to your office? Like, What kind of services can they access? Yeah. If they are within their first year you know, of employment, uh, we would probably recommend that they meet with one of our career educators who can coach them on everything from career exploration and figuring out what that pivot looks like, resume development, interview practice, networking techniques, job search strategy, and everything in between. Um, we do have online resources that mirror all these topics as well, but these are also things that a career coach can go through with them in detail for our alumni that have been out past that year mark, that's when the Alumni Association would step in. And they do have a career changers tag. I'm jumping ahead to our Uconnect site, but they do have a career changers tag set up. So an alumni could also subscribe to that Uconnect area and receive some targeted information around that career change. We would also recommend, um, again, that, that networking, we've got the Bear Down Network. We have a LinkedIn group as well designed to connect students and alumni. So I think Regardless of what they needed for us when they were at that right point, you know, we so believe in the power of networking and we have such a strong alumni network, we would really encourage them to engage with that number. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially the networking thing. Like even just looking back on my own career, I think every job but one that I've gotten was the result of a connection or somebody who knew somebody. Not surprising. (laughs) Okay. I want to jump back a little bit to this full life cycle philosophy. Can you just tell me a little bit more about what that means and why it's so important? Yeah. I mean, I think just what it means is that support from day one at the university through the alumni tenure. While students are actively enrolled or in the process of actually rolling out a career journey map for them, we've had it in a previous iteration and we're kind of taking the next step with that. Um, We do use Salesforce, as a lot of institutions do. There is a planning capability within Salesforce. So starting um, in August, incoming student would see that they have this default career plan, which guides them. And I was was working on this part of our call, so it's fresh in my mind, but guides (laughs) them through these strategic steps so that when they get ready to graduate, hopefully they'll be in a good place with their career and they can check off those steps within the Salesforce plan. And then again, we, you know, we want that smooth transition. Hopefully the student 
has a job offer or a graduate school acceptance prior to graduating, you know, we're hoping that that if they're following our guidance along the way, that comes to pass. But we know that, it, you know, sometimes life happens and there are those that don't always follow that guidance. So if a student is still seeking employment, that's something that we want to actively support them with. As I mentioned, we do some targeted outreach over the course of a couple of weeks, letting students know about our resources and giving them some tips and advice. And then, you know, we're always happy to meet with them one-on-one. Also can do that throughout that first whole year. And then at that point, there is that handoff to the alumni office who has handoff for that one-on-one coaching to the alumni office. But again, Handshake is always available. Fairdo Network, always available. Career fairs, always welcome to have our alumni back in any role, really. And again, I see the life cycle then being that when the alumni is at a place where they feel established in their career, and I feel like careers in this, you know, in the modern day, like we, we might feel established one minute and not so much the next week. So that's kind of an iterative process. But if they are in a place where they feel established, again, we're hoping that they'll come to recruit at the institution or offer themselves up for an informational interview, you know, or a job shadow. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like I know one of, as an alumna of my institution, one of my favorite things to do is to go back and speak to journalism classes because that's what I got my degree in. And I just, I love it. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite activities. That's awesome. Yeah, we did. When we were in like deep pandemic mode, we worked with the alumni office and brought in, we have kind of 10 career clusters that we recognize here. And we had a online networking event devoted to each career cluster that started with a panel and brought in alumni who spoke to what it meant to be, you know, in journalism or in a related career. And then there was some small group networking. So that's something I think will reinvigorate at some point in the near future. And while we can be back in person now, we've realized that that virtual format opens things up to anyone, no matter geographically where they are. So I think that's something that would definitely continue in a virtual format. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't think hybrid and virtual is going anywhere anytime nope, soon. Me neither, which is good. <laughs> I've kind of been in that mode for most of my career. So it's good to see higher ed kind of catching up to that space. Yeah, for sure. Do your students get terrible career advice from YouTube and TikTok? Give them access to better video content with Candid Career Plus. The YouTube of career videos, Candid Career Plus is an expansive video library with thousands of career-focused videos that cover a wide range of topics, interests, industries, advice, and more. And every video is sourced from best-in-class career content creators, including ADP List, Way Up, and many more. Learn more at goyouconnect.com slash candidcareerplus. So now I would love to talk a little bit about this partnership that you all have with the alumni office, because it sounds like it's pretty involved. And I think it's kind of unique in that it's been in place for quite a while now. So can you just talk a little bit about what that partnership with the alumni office looks like? Yeah. And it, you know, it definitely predates me, so I can't really speak to the origins, but you know, the work that we do is similar. And, you know, again, there's a full life cycle. And I'll add that that's one of many partnerships that we have across campus. As I mentioned earlier, we, you know, we're large, we're decentralized. There are career development individuals in a lot of different pockets of campus. And we really want to have a partnership with all of them and work together, not work, you know, in competition. This is not related to the office, the alumni office, but just as an example, I heard this morning that one of our partners in one of the colleges wanted to throw an online career fair. So I reached out to say, hey, we're, we're already planning an online career fair. 
how can we partner together to make this better as opposed to creating competing events? And with the alumni office, I think it's a little unique in that, you know, again, we rely on our alumni too to be those career development mentors to our students. So it's a little bit different relationship than it would be with another college. But yeah, something that's been in existence for a long time. The role was vacant for a while. It's been recently refilled, but the predecessor and I feel like spoke weekly or close to that. And yeah, it's just, it's important to have that partnership. I think particularly in times when we're resource constrained, it's a lot more economical and and strategic for us to work together as opposed to work separately. Um, And then the Uconnect partnership is newer. We first started working with Uconnect in January of 2022, had our initial kind of soft launch in August and sort of continue to refine the site. Okay. And for the Uconnect site, you two are, you're partnering, like you're cost sharing that, correct? You are. You in my office? Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. And (laughs) it was a platform that I think we both were interested in, the person previously in the career development director role over there. And I, um, and it would have been cost prohibitive independently for either of us, but if we pulled things together, then it became affordable. And again, it just made sense to both of us to have one site. And then that's just the site that students can use throughout that full life cycle. Also about 80% of the content is going to be the same, whether you're a student or an alumni, you know, resume advice, very similar. You know, we do have some templates that vary. Um, You know, we have a my first resume don't have a lot of experience template, which isn't necessarily going to apply to an alumni. But then we have some career changing articles of advice on resumes that, that may not apply to a current student, although it went to an online student. So there are some nuances in there, but I think a lot of the career guidance is similar. A lot of the identity content you know, is similar. If you're trying to navigate the workforce as a disabled individual or as a member of the LGBTQ community, Whether you're in a student employment position or an internship or a full-time role, I think a lot of those challenges are probably the same. And we want to make sure that we're getting that same information to our students and alumni, no matter where they are in their journey. Right. Yeah, that makes sense that it would be a lot of similar resources. So you may as well share the cost. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, the tagging system is wonderful because where something isn't similar, then we can target it that way. And what I love about Uconnect is, and I promise to those listening, this is like not a paid endorsement, but the content is so scalable, but it feels really personal. And that's what I love about it is these resources can live on the same site. But if somebody's just sort of subscribing and focusing on it that way, they might not even know that the same content was available to students as well. Okay. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned the scalability aspect of it because I'm not sure how many alumni the University of Arizona has, but I imagine it's a lot. It is a lot. I'm not sure either, but I mean, millions upon millions. Yeah. with And you have a career development team of, I think you said three or four. Oh, it's one for alumni. Uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with some support from outside resources, but officially one. Okay. So yeah. So scalability is insanely important and sounds like technology is a good way for you guys to do that. Absolutely. So I'm curious, in addition to cost sharing the Connect platform, like what else is involved in this partnership? Are you having weekly meetings? Are there interdisciplinary teams? Like how does that? Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, it varies based on project. We don't meet weekly necessarily. There are interdisciplinary teams around different key projects. And again, there was a bit of a, a period of that role being open. So we're trying to reset now that it's filled again. But uh, the panels, for example, that I mentioned in online networking events, that was an interdisciplinary team 
pulling individuals from SACD, you know, my department and our alumni contact at the time to create those events. We also, um, during the height of the pandemic, spent a lot of time videotaping our alumni about their career story. Those are oh, now cool. on our UConnect site. So that was another interdisciplinary team. So that is is definitely something that we do, you know, in an agile manner. You know, we're all busy, so we don't meet to meet, but we can coalesce really nicely around these different projects. Okay. I love that. And I know you mentioned that this this partnership was kind of originated before you joined the university, but I guess how did, maybe from what you've heard, how did they go about establishing that partnership? Yeah, you know, I can't really answer that, unfortunately. I think it's just, you know, it's been in place for a long time. I do know that at one point it was a shared role and there was an individual who kind of did both and did work for this department and also worked in the alumni position. And I think it was just too, both needs were too robust for one person. So that individual transitioned to this department But yeah, that is kind of what I know of that story. Okay. So what advice do you have for other career teams who may want to partner with alumni or even cost share on technology? Yeah. I mean, I think, again, just remember that the needs are so similar. I'm a big fan of the 80% rule. We're never going to get everything perfect for every stakeholder that we have out there. But if 80% of the content works, that's pretty good. So don't let the little nuances come between that partnership, you know, and yes, alumni are in a little bit different stage career-wise, although not necessarily because we have a lot of online students too who are very experienced in their own careers and are probably just here because they want to change careers or they want to advance in their career and they require a degree that they currently were not able to get to do so. So I think focus on the similarities, not the differences. I think my other bit of advice is don't let the administrative processes get in the way. I think sometimes the broader systems in which we operate create a lot of administrative hurdles. And certainly, as I understand, as a state institution, you know, we are stewards of our taxpayer dollars and we do want to make sure that we have a lot of processes in place to make sure that we are using those wisely and responsibly. But I think sometimes, and I fall, again, guilty of this myself sometimes, you just think of the, like the nuance or the hiccup in the process and think, oh, is this worth doing? Because this process is going to be complicated. But you know, sometimes it's just worth pushing through. We had to have a lot of conversations around um, what the invoicing looked like, just because it's, you know, it's two different accounts. Technically, our alumni association is actually a slightly different entity, but Uconnect was kind enough to give us separate invoices. That was a relatively easy process to work through. So, and now that's resolved. And, you know, this last year when we renewed for the second time, it was easy. So I think it can be easy, at least in a state institution, And I'm sure it's similar in private to get just caught up in the process, but sometimes it's just worth pushing through the process that first time, because then, then things will be resolved. And I don't know, I just feel like, I don't know, I'm just a big believer in every moment is finite and then it's gone and we want to use every moment strategically. So why not partner together as opposed to trying to duplicate something that's probably going to wind up 80% similar? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you have smaller teams. I'm curious, when you decided that you wanted to purchase the Uconnect platform, how did you go about getting the alumni office on board? Did it take much to convince them or what did that look like? Well, I mean, we were actually really lucky in that it was like a mutual, you know, we we kind of, we both wanted it. So it happened just really organic. I mean, I know this sounds very utopian, but it did seriously happen very organically and they were interested in it. We were interested in it and we knew that we would both stand 
a better chance of being able to procure it if we partnered together. So it just kind of came together very organically. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. My counterpart over there at the time probably had to do some lobbying behind the scenes, but she's was and is very articulate and persuasive. Well, whatever she did, it was effective. Absolutely. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, on the note of the website, I'd kind of like to focus us there for a little bit. So there's this platform, this website that you and the alumni office have partnered together to bring to life. So how did you go about setting up that website to support both students and alumni? Yeah. And again, I keep going back to the, you know, the needs are, are really similar. So our structure has three different types of communities. The first is called programs and resources. We debated a lot of different titles and kind of landed on that one, which isn't perfect, but it works. And that is really career development advice. And it also tracks to what we do in our department. So that takes the students and alumni on that journey through career exploration all the way through on that offer evaluation and negotiation. So we have a community around each key step in that process. And again, whether you're a student or alumni, it's going to be very similar guidance and advice. As I mentioned, we have some resume templates that look a little different and things like that. But we feel that we've got the right resources to guide either party through that career journey. And as we set up, I think I mentioned that we use Salesforce and we're setting up this plan that's our career journey map in Salesforce. That's going to start pushing users to each key community within this programs and resources area. So I'm excited to see our engagement continue to build as we roll this out in Salesforce. Our second set of Communities is career clusters. We recognize career clusters like a lot of universities do. Industry groups of like professions and a cluster can transcend the industry that a particular organization is in. For instance, data and technology crosses any industry out there. Every organization needs people who are skilled in data and technology. That could be health. It could be law enforcement. It could be kind of more traditional management and commerce and, and everything in between. Um, So we have 10 career clusters. Those communities both have job feeds and internship feeds unique to those communities, as well as where a lot of our alumni connections are posted, the ties back into that Bear Down Network. And these are all individuals who are part of that graduate Bear Down Network who have said that they're open to holding career conversations or informational interviews. We kind of use the terms interchangeably. We're trying to shift to career conversation, but I know a lot of people still use informational interview. So those profiles are on those communities as well. And then lastly, we have our identity and affinity communities. Uh, I was so excited. I think this was one of our drivers for using Uconnect because we were conceptually trying to create that on our own. And it was frankly just so daunting. And I also believe that those communities are best curated and created by people who have that lived experience. And none of us had those lived experiences across all of the communities. We had those that were part of our identity, but nobody, you know, would have crossed all of the identities that we wanted to represent. So we're really excited for that external blog content that we pulled in and we're excited to learn more about the identity kits. I know those are kind of the newest, latest and greatest, but we're excited to see how we might be able to leverage them. Two of our identity and affinity communities are also alumni communities, one for recent alumni and then one for other alumni. So that was also another way that we brought in the alumni specific information was through those two communities. And then our landing page, our homepage, this is, is more relevant to current students and alumni, but I, but I guess maybe a little bit of both in some cases. We have all our career fairs up there kind of at the top where you can see them. We have 
our most relevant events showcased on that homepage. Um, and while most of our events are attended by students, they are, are typically open to alumni. And then we have our on-campus jobs, not as relevant for alumni, but really, really relevant for our students. You know, the research shows that students who work actually are more likely to be academically successful, who work within a certain amount of hours are more likely to be academically successful. It is something, you know, we have a high first-gen population and a lot of our students do financially need to work. So we want to make those student employment opportunities visible to them. So that is a little bit about our site in the design. Okay. So it sounds like you've got quite a bit on this website. Are there any other resources or events, programs, anything else like that that you'd like to call out? Oh, goodness. You know, I think <laughs> in terms of advice for potentially new Uconnect users, you can have too much in a given community. So we're <laughs> re-examining, like our resume community, not surprisingly, is incredibly robust. So we're exa- re-examining, you know, do we need some sub-communities there? You know, we're learning that so many of our students, and I'm sure our alumni too, but they're experiencing it on mobile in a really robust community, you're scrolling a lot. So we're constantly kind of asking ourselves, what's that sweet spot? More is not necessarily more. And yet we want to get the information out there. So yeah, so we're actually kind of doing a, a review this summer to enhance in some areas, like our employer area um, was lighter than we wanted. So we're working to enhance there and then maybe streamline in some other areas. Okay. I'm curious, are you all using the website to do any outreach to alumni? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Actually, that's how we deployed our campaign for recent alumni who are still seeking employment was through the website. So you kind of touched on it a little bit previously, but why did you go about setting up your website the way that you did? Yeah. I mean, I think we just ask ourselves what's most important, you know, and those were really the three lenses that we came up with in terms of the types of communities. You know, we need to walk people through their career journey We need to give them some cluster specific information and we need to recognize that you do experience the world of work differently based on your identity. So that was really the framework for the types of communities, but there's so many, I feel like with Uconnect, like every decision is a, you know, needs to be a strategic decision, but it was also just about making information available. You know, we knew we wanted, for example, those student employment opportunities and those career fairs and those key events right on the homepage so that they were easy to discover. Okay. Very cool. That makes a lot of sense. And I imagine your alumni appreciate the fact that, again, it's all available 24-7 whenever they need it, regardless of what phase of their career that they're in. Yeah, that's really cool that you all do that. So I'm curious, Emily, what early results have you seen so far since, I guess, establishing or maintaining this partnership with the alumni office and then also since launching your website? Yeah. And again, we've we've been plagued by a couple of staff transitions, but overall, I think our early results are we've had over 140 users and then quite a few. I have the page views. Sorry, I've been so good about not looking at my notes, (laughs) but we've got about 450, almost 450,000 page views. And then just anecdotally, we've heard a lot of good feedback from our partners, both inside and outside the university about how much they liked the website it's great to come from within the institution, uh, but we've also had a couple of people from other institutions reach out to us because they discovered something on the website, you know, through a Google search, which I think speaks nicely to, you know, the SEO. So I think that's been kind of a, a fun and un- intended consequence is getting the word out about the good work that we're doing to other institutions. Yeah, that's always a nice little boost. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
And then is the the 450,000 page views, is that since you launched? It is. Yes. Yes. And again, we, you know, we did kind of a soft launch and we've had, you know, some transition on the team. So we're looking forward to doing a lot more intentional promotion this next year. So looking forward to those numbers continuing to build. Okay. And is that since the soft launch in August of 2022? Wow. That's awesome. That's a lot of eyeballs. It is. Yeah. We're excited. So Emily, how will you measure, or I guess, continue to measure success of this partnership with the alumni office moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I think specifically to Uconnect, you know, we want to continue to look at those subscriptions and those, you know, the eyeballs and the engagement, you know, and appreciate that we can look at what communities are getting more traction than others and can take the analysis from there. I mean, I think the broader partnership has been established for so long that I think it's just, you know, continuing to collaborate together and doing things in partnership and not in competition will be our measure of success. Okay. Do you all have any exciting projects on the horizon? Yeah, we're going to reinvigorate our job shadow program. And that is actually a great example of what sort of crosses students and alumni. Prior to COVID, we had a pretty robust job shadow program where students would go and shadow typically alumni, some were employer partners, but many of them were alumni for a day to learn more about what they did and really get that insider perspective on a company or on a particular career cluster or on a particular role. We also had an employer trek program, which is kind of what it sounds like taking a group to an employer to do a site visit. You know, those were a little bit shorter, but a really great way for students to get a sense of what a real environment looks like. Those things were all really put on hold with COVID and even after Mm -hmm. we were back hybrid, a lot of organizations still had restrictions on letting outside individuals in to try to limit their traffic. But now that the vast majority of restrictions have been limited, have been lifted, we're looking to kind of reinvigorate both of those programs, but maybe meld them together more. You know, there's no reason why a job shadow can't be a one-to-many. I mean, you don't want 20 students doing it at once, but if you had three, like that could be even more meaningful than just having one. We're also looking to leaning into more of the DEI world with those shadows and being intentional about making a connection where the identities align. Because we know it's not just about the work, like having a mentor who shares your same identity, I think can just be so powerful. So we're in the early stages, but the individual on my team overseeing it has a great plan. And we're looking forward to partnering with the Alumni Association to hopefully get some shadows in place at the end of the fall. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. Lots of good stuff. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So as we mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, the University of Arizona has a lot of students. You said over Mm 50,000, correct? Mm -hmm. If you can't And even more alumni. So I'm curious, how do you go about balancing support for both audiences? I know there is a lot of similarities between maybe the types of issues that they need help with, but yeah. How do you go about finding that balance? Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard, you know, just the scale of our student population is is tricky. And that's one of the reasons we're really excited to bring on Uconnect because we can have those resources available 24-7 in a self-service manner. I think that differentiation and clear differentiation of role and clear kind of handoff point of the flow from our office to the Alumni Association works really well. You know, we kind of have primary responsibility and accountability for them when they're students. And then that one year, you know, graduation date, a one year mark is shared. And then it's the alumni association, but we're contributing across that whole life cycle. Both offices are contributing. So yeah, I think, you know, scalability, we also were really intentional about, and I can't speak to 
the Alumni Association on this, but with our active students, we're really intentional about outreach to those who we know are going to need us the most. As I mentioned, we do have a high first-generation population here at the university. We know that those students tend to need more, not everyone, but you know, in general, tend to need more career support than those who are continuing generation. We know that they complete internships at a smaller rate and complete paid internships at an even smaller rate. So while we will enthusiastically serve any student that comes to see us, a lot of our proactive outreach does really revolve around those first-gen students or other underrepresented students. Okay. And in that outreach, are you letting them know, like, hey, after graduation, you can still come to us anytime? Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that we're working on is is really intentional monthly messaging that ties to our career journey map. So, sorry, just got distracted by an email. (laughs) Happens. So yeah, we're also doing some really intentional messaging that ties to our career journey map. So that's also part of sort of that departure message when the student's getting ready to graduate, that we continue to be there for them. Okay. Very cool. Well, I want to be cognizant of our time here, so I'll kind of start wrapping us up. But is there anything else about this partnership with the alumni office or your work that you're doing to support alumni? Is there anything else you would like to add about that? I think we covered it from a couple of different angles. So thank you for asking such good questions. Oh, I'm glad they were good. (laughs) Thanks for coming with such great answers. I am curious too, if that career journey or student journey map, is that something that is, that could be shared? Eventually, it's not at the moment, but but, I mean, eventually it will be on our our site and in Salesforce, which that's, you know, protected, but I think a a version of it will be on our site eventually. Okay. There you go. So if you're watching or listening, just keep checking the University of Arizona career development site. Yeah. (laughs) career.arizona.edu. There you go. You heard it here. Yeah. Well, Emily, if anyone would like to connect with you to learn more from you, where's a good place for them to do that? Yeah, probably LinkedIn is the best place. And you can find me, Emily McCarthy, University of Arizona. That should bring you to my profile. So always happy to connect on there. All right. And I'll be sure to include a link to Emily's profile in the show notes as well. Thank you. Okay, so now I want to close this out with this uh, answer a question, leave a question thing I like to do at the end of every episode. So I'll ask you a question our last guest left for you, and then you'll leave one for the next guest. So the last person I talked to was Monica Clem from Teach for America, and she left this question for you. When you were six years old, what did you want to be when you grew up, and how different is that from where you are now? Yeah. So I'm so glad that the age was six because I changed my mind a lot when I was growing up about what I wanted to do. And I'm actually kind of a a convert to higher education. I've been in the field for about a third of my career now. But I remember in first grade, we had to draw a picture of what we wanted to be when we grew up and they went up in the classroom. So that, that age was kind of vivid. And at the time I was taking ballet and I wanted to be a ballet dancer, which was never going to be in the cards. I have neither the physique nor the talent. Um, for that. But that's what I wanted to do when I was six. But it's funny, I think since I've been, you know, in college and throughout my career, the theme has really been similar. And it's been sort of that intersection of the individual talent and the organizational talent and where those two intersect. And I've been a management consultant in the past. I've been in HR. I've been in university career development. And they really all touch on that intersection. So I've had that consistency, if not since I was six, at least since I graduated. But it's funny because I think my personal interests are really similar to when I was six. (laughs) I loved cats. I liked to travel and I still really like, but I liked being with friends. So I still really like all of those things. So that has at least stayed consistent. (laughs) I wonder what the the percentages of people who like 
knew what they wanted to be when they grew up when they were six years old and then actually did it? Yeah, probably pretty low. You know, but it's funny because you see stats out there about how many people are in work related to their college major. And those stats always kind of are my pet peeve because I feel like it's not just about the major. It's about the skill set that you get and those transferable skills. And I majored in business and I minored in psychology. And I feel like I've always had work that tied back into those two things. And I'm not a psychologist, nor, you know, I'm a marketing degree. I don't work directly in marketing, but I feel like those skills have always stayed with me. So I don't love this was an unsolicited answer, but yeah, don't love those <laughs> stats out there that say, you know, 60% of people or whatever it is don't work in anything related to their college major. Because I think if you dissected the skills they learned in their college major and change that perspective, I think that percentage would be a lot higher. Yes. Skills, mm-hmm. not necessarily degrees. Exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. where we're going, you know, in so many ways. Yep. Could not agree more. Like I said, I was a journalism major. And I did work in journalism for a while, but now I work in marketing, which is adjacent, I guess. But you're doing journalism like in this moment, so... It's true. Yeah, I I learned how to do audio and video production in journalism school. I learned how to be on camera in journalism school. All of that is extremely transferable. Yep, interviewing. (laughs) Yep, it all comes right back around. Absolutely. So Emily, what question would you like to leave for the next guest? If you could pick any person alive or otherwise to be your mentor, who would it be? Ooh, I like that. That's going to require some good thought. Yeah, I look forward to hearing whatever. Whomever the next person might be, I look forward to hearing what they say. (laughs) Do you know who your person would be? I will probably get personal and say my dad, who's been passed away for about 14 years. Oh, that's really special. Yeah. So Emily, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. This was a really great conversation with, I think, lots of just great nuggets for our audience to take away in terms of supporting alumni, but also building that partnership with the alumni office. And uh, it was cool to hear how that's just one of many partnerships you and your team have there on campus. So thank you again for sharing your time and your knowledge. Thanks for having me, Meredith. It was a lot of fun. That's all for this episode of Career Everywhere. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.